This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey everybody, welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is your pal Tom from tdjacobs.com. And uh, tonight uh, is another live show. Getting back into doing that because I want to open up uh, to take your calls to answer questions and do, you know, five-minute readings for you to help you uh, understand what's going on in your world. And we're, we're living in really intense times, and it's not going to lessen for a while. So I'm going to do everything I can to uh, get off the pre-record circuit <laughs> and uh, and do do live shows so you have access to, uh, to call in and, and talk about this. Tonight's show is about Eris which is the dwarf planet discovered uh, 10 years ago and named about you know eight or nine years ago. And uh, this is a, a small, small planet, dwarf planet, that has uh, got an orbit. It's about 558 years. So as you, as you tune into the show, and you know I'm an evolutionary astrologer, so you know I focus quite a lot on Pluto. Pluto is a 248-year orbit. Um, so it's quite a different story, and adding Eris – into chart analysis, expands our view of the solar system, expands our definition of what we should be um, looking at as psyche and how collective issues affect us individually. I'm going to be talking about that uh, tonight. Um, I don't come on the show every week and say, I have a great show for you. I'm so excited. I don't do that every week. I mean, I'm in a groove of, of offering you what I can to help you understand what I see is happening with this human trip. But I am really excited about this for a few reasons. First, I'm going to start with some announcements, and then I'm going to do a little recap of my week because it's – I honestly cannot believe it's been seven days since <laughs> I last did the show. I was just getting a cup of tea in the kitchen, and I was like, gosh, when did I do the show live last? Oh, man, yeah, it was on How Bar Was on the show. And I was like, wait a minute, that was a week ago. <laughs> so, so I've had just so many things. So I'm going to do an, an, an overview a little bit. Um, and then I'm going to spend just a couple – a brief, super brief um, couple minutes on uh, Nietzsche, Friedrich Nietzsche's chart. And he, I'm going to use him as an example of what I'm going to talk about with era story and terrorism. It's Anyway, I, I was telling the story to my girlfriend a bit ago, and she was like, what does that have to do with anything? I was like, oh, no, I know. i got to explain it all. So anyway, I will explain it first with some uh, with some announcements. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, and a new episode is in there every week. And if you want access to the archive, uh, over 110 shows at this point, you can do that through tdjacobs.com, and that's through a yearly subscription. And that is a treasure trove of lectures about all kinds of things, astrological, spir- spiritual, consciousness-wise. Um, and also, if you're a subscriber to my monthly service, through which I uh, through which I give a user's manual for the month, in-depth explanations on what to expect the coming month with the sun's trek through a sign and all ingresses and retrogrades and lunations, full moons, new moons, you can do that through tdjacobs.com, and that is actually that includes 
the archive of the show as a perk. So you can check all that out through tdjacobs.com. For upcoming events, Intuitive Skills Development 1 begins Saturday, February 21st for 10 Saturdays. And this is a tour of your chakras, which means a tour of your life history. couple spots still open. I encourage you, if you want to connect with guides, you want to clean up health issues, you want to understand what your life is about, what you're supposed to be doing here. You want to trust your instinct and intuition. You want to clear energies out so you can be more present and live in a guided way, like allowing yourself to be guided and connected. This class is definitely for you. It changes people's lives. Uh, you can read about that at tdjacobs.com and be in touch with questions. And also, if Saturdays don't work, let me know. I may do right after that class another section on another day because I have a couple people who can't make that time but really want to do it. So be in touch about that. Feel free to ask questions. There's a flyer link through my blog with all of the details, the who, what, why, where, when, how, all that stuff. So um, I want to do a little uh, recap of the week. Um, I, I mean, the week for me. So, <laughs> it's my show, I guess it's about me. But just to tell you, I got totally inspired uh, this week. I mean, I had a great time on the show last week with, with Hal, Hal Barr, and, uh, who's a, an astrologer, intuitive, and also human design practitioner. And then a great um, long caller question from a friend of mine, from Valerie, that I know through uh, Steve Forrest's uh, apprenticeship program. So I had a great time with that. The following night, I really, which was Thursday night, I had this um, thing come to the surface, which is an other life issue. We might say past life issue. I refer to these as other life issues because energetically and emotionally, like consciousness-wise, these things are really happening right now. I'm in this place where I have transiting Pluto conjunct my nadir, which is the IC in my chart, the beginning of the fourth house. That is going to dredge up what makes me feel disempowered from the depth of my inner psychic basement. That's the point of it. You know, my relationship with family and parents, my conditioning from when I was young, other life issues, all kinds of things are going to come up. And I had this part from another life come up that, that I've interacted with this part before, and it's actually one of the 19 examples in the Soul's Journey 3, a case study where I do 19 examples of, my, of other lives of mine that I've become aware of through dealing with emotional themes, essentially feelings that have nothing to do with my life with my own biography and integrating all that stuff. So I wrote a book about this, but this was a direct connection with the, with this part. And it was, it was so, I don't want to say intense. It was so all encompassing, all consuming. It just took over, but I was watching it happen. And it was a, it was a dude with grief who's lost a partner. I read about that in the book. Um, and, Anyway, so that kind of took over, but I was also observing it. And this actually fits with what's going, what I'm going to talk about with the rest of the show too, because I've developed a grounding practice so that I was able to allow this part to fully express, meaning I felt these feelings from another life, but I was grounded. I did not lose my expletive. I did not forget who I was. I did not do something crazy. I did not scream and run around and think that I was losing my expletives. So so anyway, so getting grounded is part of the point of this. And then for a few hours afterward and then for the rest of the night, I was in this kind of peaceful, this weird peaceful zone, which was like kind of, I mean, I kind of wondered if I was in a bit of a shock, but it was really just kind of a peaceful resolution. What I want to get at is while I'm having Pluto transit my IC, everybody's having Pluto Uranus 
stuff happen. We've had six of seven squares. I'm doing a series of shows about this. Um, and then again, that is available in the archive. You can call the archive and see all the stuff I've been doing. And there are going to be more coming up over the next uh, couple of months. The seventh square will be mid-March. And it's as I'm telling my monthly subscribers, it's not just uh, some squares. It's the ringing of this deep gong note that gets louder and more resonant every time. So it's almost like orders of magnitude stronger or more intense than the previous ones. So we've had six of the seven. So this is loud. So get grounded. Go to my website, lower right-hand part of the page, of the homepage, is a, a, a button to download this free 13-minute MP3 meditation. Go there. Do that. Do this meditation twice a day. Clear out your energy field. Get grounded. Get in your body. Decide that you're safe. Clear your heart. Open your heart. Because we are living in times in which things from other parts of the timeline are going to come up for resolution. As I talk about Eris and terrorism, this is what I'm going to talk about. Our relationship with the other, our relationship with those people who seem strange that we may make fun of, right? The satirical paper in Paris, uh, Charlie Hebdo, that was, that was attacked and, and, and 12 uh, people there killed. This, I guess about a week ago by Islamic extremists who are very upset about um, depictions of the Prophet Muhammad. Now, it doesn't matter – I'm going to get into this, but just briefly. It doesn't matter that the magazine had nothing sacred, like like held nothing to be sacred except the right of free speech, right? We can kind of – yeah, I want to make it too noble, but it's just like making fun of everything is a way of um, – pointing out that we take things seriously right but but there's there are threads in you know Islam and the and there are people who are faithful within that tradition who that this really hurts so it's part of the heiress heiress thing a woman in a, an online forum that I'm in sometimes uh, on Facebook posted uh, you know the, the chart of France she's French and, and lives there and said you know is this can you help me see just an open question to anybody about the national karma of France and how this, you know, this stuff is really affecting us and what's going on. And I, and I wrote to her and said, look, I'm going to do this on the show tonight. Um, but I don't think it's a national karma of France. I think it's the ripening of, of, uh, West and Middle East issues for almost the last hundred years, which I'm going to talk about here in a few minutes. So anyway, so, um, when I had this part take over, I recognized with some peace that I had become grounded enough through uh, focused effort over years to allow this emotional thing to unfold, to allow this wave to break. And I was speaking what I was experiencing uh, to my girlfriend. I th I, I, we were both tired and it was late, but I had to, I had to do this. And um, I think I don't know. I don't think she was a little in shock, but she wasn't quite sure what to do, and I wasn't quite sure what to do. It was just like explicating this, you know, describing these feelings. But I was grounded enough not to be messed up or think I'm crazy or to wonder what's going to happen next or to wonder if something's wrong with me. We are experiencing things coming up from under the surface, things from our childhoods, things from our other lives that have made us feel disempowered. That's the Pluto idea. Uranus and Aries squaring Pluto and Capricorn. Who's in charge? Can I rebel against the structures of my life that limit me? Do I have the right to be free? And this is really bringing up stuff for quite a lot of people. Um, as I'm going to talk about it during the show, 
because I'm still not done talking about my week. <laughs> I'm mixing it up a little bit. I'm kind of combining things, but um, I'm sure you'll bear with me. Um, oh, my gosh. See, when you interrupt yourself constantly, eventually you're going to forget one of the threads. Oh, oh my gosh, there are coyotes outside. Hold on. Can you? I don't know if you can hear that. I'm going to open the window. Um, I still don't know if that's because they find food or they're celebrating or somebody won the lottery. I still don't know why they... They howl and do that. So, Kier, you can hear it? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It happens daily, <laughs> at least once a night, because we live right next to this wash, which is a big dry riverbed, and they, they wander through. It's beautiful. So, um, this is part of the thing with the terrorism and the era stuff I'm going to talk about. A hundred years of Western relations with the Middle East that have not uh, been respectful in various ways. So we're all dealing with stuff coming up from under the surface. And so getting grounded. So again, go to my site and get that MP3. And there's also a literal treasure trove, a literal wealth of channeled MP3s and written materials and courses to help you uh, get grounded, stay grounded, Get a grip on your multidimensional emotional self. That's what we're learning right now is that we're multidimensional. Um, so some of the stuff that's coming up with the, the events in Paris and other issues regarding you know religious extremism, you know why, for example, do uh, people from Western countries go sometimes in relatively large numbers from certain countries to the Middle East to train with terror groups. Why? This is other life issues coming up. You can be, in some life, you can be anti-West and then be born in another life in the West and then realize, I don't fit here. I need to go across the world and be with those people who hate the West or who are so angry about what the West is doing. So anyway, so we're all kind of having certain things from many lives come to a head. So, ahead. so moving on in my week, so I felt really peaceful. I felt really good after this, after this thing happened. I had a, a certain level of peace regarding expressing that deep emotional thing. And, and, and we're all being called to get a, to develop a better relationship with our emotions and, and who we think we are to embrace this multidimensionality. That was Thursday. <laughs> um, Saturday, I went to a workshop here put on by the Tucson Astrologers Guild, of which I'm a member and have uh, done a few done a few talks or panels with uh, to them over the years. And Philip Sedgwick, who is a Tucson astrologer, uh, is pretty well known, and I encourage you to check him out if you're interested in anything that's interesting and good. No, I'm, I'm teasing. Anything that's um, beyond normal expectations of what astrology may be because he, he, he focuses on quasars, black holes, galactic phenomena, um, the other, uh, these other planets that have longer orbits than even Eris that have been discovered. And so this workshop was on um, Eris, which was very good because I'm back to working on the Eris book, as you're going to hear about tonight, um, and four other and four other uh, planets, or three or four other planets that are that are officially, according to us, the International Astro Astronomical Union, planets: um, Sedna, Makemake, and a couple others. So this workshop was on that, and I got really, I felt blessed to have his perspectives on Eris, which reminded me of a couple keywords that I haven't been focusing on. Um, but so I'm gonna I'm gonna mention that too. But that was that was wonderful. I really got um, 
just super stimulated. And I'd had a reading with Philip maybe nine years ago in LA when he was doing a workshop there. And I went to a workshop where he, he did this thing on, uh, like the, the Bush family, like three generations of the Bush family, because at that time, George W. Bush was president and this, this dynasty thing and the karma of these different members of the family with the USA chart and the kind of looking at these connections. And it was fascinating. Had a reading with him. And um, our sons are conjunct because we're a day apart in birthdays. And so when he spoke to me, it really resonated. So I had that experience again this weekend, and that was really that was really terrific. So um, now I'm going to take the first break, come back, and really get into this uh, the part of the heiress part of the show. This is Tom Jacobs on the Soul's Journey. Stick with me. I'll be right back. getting grounded what about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body money and others energy worker and channel tom jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive clarifying and empowering energies of archangel metatron and ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. back to the soul's journey this is tom from tdjacobs.com and uh um regarding those coyotes who are out there a few weeks ago i also encountered javelina which i don't know if you know what they are you'd have to be in the in the sonoran desert to, to know what they are or at least to have experienced that and they they're they're not pigs or boars but they look like they look like boars um, and they're wild animals and they wander around here and they roam and when i come back from the gym late at night sometimes i run into them uh near my apartment complex, which is really close to the river. They wander around and they look for food. They look for shrubs. 
and they, they're in like packs of like seven to ten of like a family group. And um, one a couple of weeks ago when I was coming back and I was not expecting this. I was completely peaceful after uh, working out and then the sauna and then I did swim a little and I was walking back totally chill. Like, you know, the whole like Neptunian thing was like peaceful. And I saw the shadow in the middle of the street, but it was kind of real, but it wasn't. And I paused and I felt it feeling my fear because I was totally unexpecting, you know, not expecting this. So we did this little dance where I was trying to get grounded <laughs> and uh, let it know that everything was fine. But it started to kind of like pace a little bit like it might like I thought it might need to charge me. And I was like, what? So anyway, so now when I come back from the gym really late. I'm on the lookout and I don't like I'm not relaxed anymore after anyway. So um I want to talk really briefly about Nietzsche as a symbol for what I'm gonna talk about. Nietzsche, Friedrich Nietzsche, I'm gonna give you his um let me just uh, find his uh his birth oh my gosh. Juggling charts. Um yeah, so uh this is rated B. So uh you know, I actually do did use a birth time here. Um fifteen October eighteen forty four at ten AM in um Rücken, Germany, R O C K E N and it'll show up with a with a some kind of a mark over the O. Uh anyway, so um what I was what I was thinking about is um cuz I was thinking about how excited I was to do the show for you because I want to tell you that while these things in Paris are awful and this that nation is really shaken up and there've been comparisons with uh, what happened in the States in September of 2001, you know, comparisons and, and, you know, whatever. People were wondering how similar it is as far as shaking up the national sense of safety and security, that kind of thing. Of course, the numbers of people who were affected are very different and the groups, you know, you know, maybe different. But, um, but I was thinking and I had this welling up of emotion because I want you to understand that we're not done yet. Like the, the, where we haven't yet exposed the raw nerve in the West in response to the exposing of the raw nerve in the Middle East about how we have approached the Middle East since the end of World War One, which I'm going to get to when we're done with Nietzsche's chart. So Eris is about triggering insecurities and then either lashing out or going meek and thinking that we're weak and small. So I either make you wrong for hurting me. Or I try to take it, but then it may eat away at me, or I may feel small or less than if I don't feel like I'm strong enough to lash out to defend myself or to recoup a sense of pride, right? That, that I can take pride in who I am, and that I have the right to feel good about myself. That's kind of the, the basis for the archetypal process I'm spelling out in the Eris book that is in process that will be done in a few months. I'm very excited about that. Um, but anyway, what I want you to know is we're not done yet seeing the effects of almost 100 years since the end of the war, of World War One, of the effects on the Middle East of Western policies imposed and colonial issues and control issues and different war issues and feed, you know, feeding different groups and supplying guns to this group and then fighting that group. We're not done seeing the effects. So what I I I, I had this welling up of emotion. My heart opened. In this kind of 12th house Neptunian way because I want you to get grounded. I was going to say it probably a hundred times over the next few episodes. We're not done yet. 
the stuff in France, these two events, these are not isolated incidents. You can think, oh, you know, everything's going to hell because now it's, it's in France, right? It's in, you know, and maybe it's in another country later. Maybe it's in the US again later. But I just want you to get that we're not done. I'm not doing a doomsday thing. I'm not saying you're not safe. But what I'm saying is we're in process and it's a long-term process. Eris' orbit is 558 years, and the Puriranus squares are active for almost three years, June of 2012 to March of 2015, but for a few years before and after. So we're in this eight- or nine-year field in which the Eris's, this thing about lashing out or feeling weak, what do I do when you hurt me, when you make me feel small, when you challenge me? When I feel vulnerable because you're making fun of me or because you seem strong in a way I f- perceive I may be weak, or do I lash out? Do I feel weak? The heiresses of most people on the planet have been and are and will continue to be highlighted, heiress and Aries, transiting conjunction with by Uranus, transiting square by Pluto. So I want you to be clear that we're not done yet, but you can get grounded. You can work on how you handle things emotionally. You can learn to process things. You can decide that you are in a long-term learning process. You can learn to view the rest of humanity as a work in progress as well, which is one of the things that Eris, with its long orbit relative to our lifespan, can teach us. So with, with Nietzsche's chart, just briefly – Neptune in the third house in Aquarius, if we use this birth time of 10 a.m., again, rated B. I'm going to use it, though. Uh, usually when I find B, I don't use a time, but I'm going to. And Eris is in late Aquarius natally with that Neptune. So he's somebody who is attuned to global issues. And when he speaks, if he aligns with in a Neptunian way, it will probably be acerbic, Eris and Aquarius. Aquarius can be very critical, objective, but critical. When we do Eris well, we push other people's buttons and we, we stir their vulnerabilities. And then again, they have the opportunity to decide how they're going to respond to us. Do they lash out and make us wrong or do they feel weak and timid, which of course can lead to other, another host of issues. So I was just thinking about Nietzsche because when I had this welling, and you're going to be like, Tom is so scattered today, but I'm not. I had this welling up of emotion and I was reminded of Nietzsche because <laughs> because he cracked when he saw a carriage driver whipping his horse in the street. Like Nietzsche's in the street, he looks 50, 100 feet away something, he sees this carriage driver like the you know the equivalent of a cab, right, in 1889, um whipping his horse. And he runs over and throws his arm around the horse, and after that is like basically, it, you know, emotionally gelatinous mess, and he's committed. And his sister takes over his estate, and she's the she's the one who um, sympathized with the kind of Aryan thing that became Nazism, National Socialism. She's the one who supervised certain translations that make Nietzsche look like a Nazi supporter. Anyway, everything went went to hell after he went crazy because she took over his estate. And he lived for several more years, but anyway, so he lost it because he had this heart opening. And I just was reminded of this like outpouring for the suffering, not of this animal, but for this, for suffering is what I interpret this to mean. This is kind of lore. 
this is kind of lore, but I, because some people say, well, that happened because he had syphilis and his mind was going. But he witnessed, I, I do believe that he witnessed this awful thing and it affected him and something broke. Ne- Neptune in the third. You know, Neptune in the third with Eris, you know, seeing somebody else being abused made him, made him crack and somebody else being this horse. So anyway, so that's what I was thinking because I had this welling up of emotion. So moving on to this Eris thing, I'm kind of been peppering it in and talking about it. You know, the show being called an Eris show, understating terrorism. Um, when we, as I mentioned, when we feel that we have been wronged, what do we do? When we feel excluded, when we feel used or teased, what do we do? Well, to understand what's going on with contemporary terrorism in the Middle East, as it's, you know, I was thinking about this a few days before the Paris stuff, I got the green light in my own energy field to go ahead and just finish the Eris book, which has been in process for about four years. And I've gone back to it actively and there have been blocks. It's not the right time yet. It's not the right time yet. No inspiration. Can't write that next sentence, that kind of thing. I mean, it's about halfway done for four years. You know, for the last two years, it's been sitting there. Me thinking like sometimes like late at night, I'm like, oh man, I really want to finish the Eris book because it's so such an important teaching to help people see, like I feel, to help people see the personal side, the archetypal, individual archetypal process of this planet that's way out there. You know, where some people are struggling to see the personal individual value in using Pluto on a chart. Well, here's this orbit that's over twice as long. So I've been excited about this, but it, the green light was on. And then a, th- four days later, this stuff in Paris happened. And I realized it's because of this link between terror, terrorism, and we're not done. We're not done yet. So, so in, in the story of Eris, in the mythology of Eris, there's, there are different stories. The one that we focus on the most is the story of the golden apple. She's excluded from this wedding of two deities, big deal wedding. She's the only deity who's excluded. She's a troublemaker. Her name means strife. So what are you going to do, invite her to your wedding? So she's not invited, and she's hurt, and she throws this golden apple with the inscription, uh, Callisto, for the fairest, into the middle of the reception between these three different goddesses who are perceived to be a little vain. So Eris drops a bomb in the wedding reception. She knows it's going to go off because of their insecurities. So the three goddesses argue, uh, who's the fairest? They go to Zeus. Zeus, consummate politician, will not make the decision. He enlists a uh, uh, Joblo mortal Paris. To, you know, this is the trial of Paris or the, um, the, the, the choice of Paris or different ways that it's said. But, but, um, you know, so then he has this insecurity. So everyone has an insecurity the whole time. And then, uh, his, he, he's bribed by each of the three goddesses. He accepts one bribe to choose Aphrodite as the fairest. And she, the prize is, uh, the most beautiful woman in the world. Well, she's already married. So then stealing her away, Aphrodite helps Paris steal Helen of Troy. And, uh, and then her cuckolded husband, uh, is hurt because you know he's a, the the king of this of this area of this of this kingdom and he you know can have his wife stolen he he gets his insecurity is triggered he goes to his brother who has great influence among all the kings of Greece who bands everyone together they go to war it's a trojan war the biggest armed conflict on the planet so it starts with this lady who didn't get invited to a party 
this lady who got snubbed and left out of this wedding reception, and it leads to the greatest mobilization of armed troops in the history of the world. It changes the world, the, the Trojan War and everything. So we have this effect of having, you know, we have this possibility of having a great effect when we stir other people's insecurities. Do we do that through making them wrong for the fact that we hurt, that we feel vulnerable? Or we can also do it in a way of lighting fires under them, which is a way of doing it in a loving way. Like in my job, like in my personal life, I find I'm pushing buttons all the time. I have a loud heiress. I made it my job to light fires under people. People say, how can I improve the situation in my life? And I say, here you go. And they can take it or leave it, but then that's what the intuitive skills <laughs> development class is, actually me lighting fires you, with your guides and the Ascended Master and Archangel I work with in your life so that you can improve things, right? So I made it a job. So you can – different ways of doing it. I can I can help you see that or I can you know, feel unhappy that everything's being catalyzed. So we – the bottom line for Eris, I'm kind of summarizing quite a lot, but I want you to see this story, that we're catalysts for growth as we reveal others' insecurities and vulnerabilities if we can learn that we don't have to defend ourselves. If we can learn to value the other, even as different as he or she may be, or they may be, if it's a group. So if we're going to understand, and I, I argue for a compassionate approach to Eris, you know, you can just, you can just say that, you know, she's a bad name. She's, you know, you can say, you can say that she's just a bad influence, but this is an archetype within our consciousness. So just like Pluto, Lucifer, Lilith, and all these other things I work with, there's nothing bad. There's no bad thread. There's no bad apple within your psyche. It's just ways of the bell curve of Saturnine culture trying to get us to fit within it so we don't have a lot of variation. So certain things are said to be bad. So to have compassion for Eris, we have to understand what would her motivation be. This is a key to understanding terrorism. This is a key to understanding modern statecraft and terrorism. All anger is a response to pain. If you're writing that down, underline it three times and put three stars to the left of it. In every single case that you encounter anger, anger is a response to pain. So I want us to give Eris, in the myth, the benefit of the doubt so that we can work through our individual portion of consciousness regarding errors, the archetypal threads within our consciousness about the story. Feeling left out, feeling snubbed, feeling triggered, feeling vulnerable and insecure. And how do we work with that? So if we do that for Eris, which of course I'm encouraging you to do, then we have to do it for ISIL. We have to do it for Al-Qaeda. We have to. If we label terror, and you're going to be like, you know, what the expletive, <laughs> unless you know me unless you've been following this podcast or work with me or have taken classes with me or do work with me, um, we have to give the benefit of the doubt to these people who are so angry. We have to. We're not going to heal anything through making them wrong for being angry. Now, that is what modern statecraft is all about right now. That's what the modern nation state is focused on. How can we protect ourselves against these violent people? And that's fine. That's fine. That's a level of reality that if you live in that level, that's that's valid for you. 
the the day-to-day functioning of the world operates on that level. But you're coming to me, to this show, to these perspectives, to the Ascendant Master and Archangel I work with, to your guides and my guides, to get a different perspective. And I'm telling you, when you respond to anger with anger, you perpetuate cycles of anger. You will never heal the pain behind the anger. Now I'm going to take another break. This is Tom, I can't believe it's 40 after. Tom Jacobs on the Soul's Journey. Stick with me. I'll be right back with more uh, speeching and diatribing. Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included, as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Need help getting grounded? What about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body, money, and others? Energy worker and channel Tom Jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive, clarifying, and empowering energies of Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin. Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. Hey there. <laughs> Welcome. I got uh, recouped, got, got a grip. Uh, obviously, I'm very impassioned. About all the stuff, got a grip during the break. This is Tom Jacobs on the Soul's Journey, talking about Eris. Now, um, regarding stuff from the Middle East and religious extremism, you know, a we we need to be clear that this is not about Islam. This is not Muslims. These are some Muslims who are freaking out in anger because of deep pain and different ways. So I was. Um, just about shouting at you before the break that you will never heal 
the pain behind anger by responding to anger with more anger and defensiveness. This is just a fundamental truth. This is one of the things, now that Eris has been in our astrological consciousness for 10 years, discovered in January 2005, um, and also from Philip Sedgwick, I got the time of his discovery from Mike Brown, the astronomer, credited with the, with the discovery. So that is actually, there's a huge section in the Eris Book in Progress on the discovery chart and what it portends. Uh, and now I have a birth time, so it's very exciting. <laughs> you know, a time of that discovery. He noted it because he knows, like Mike Brown, this astronomer knows that astrologers are going to ask. He's savvy and hip and cool with astrologers. So, um, so it's been in our collective awareness for ten years. Of course, the myth has been part of you know our you know the the Greek uh, heritage for quite a long time, Greek mythology. But um, astrologically, now about nine years since it was named. So. Um, it heralds this challenge to understand defensiveness, understand uh, shunning the other, not inviting others to the party. <laughs> you know, it's about all the stuff, but also the emotional realities, the con- and the consequences of not looking at pain. So, Eris is a teacher to point out to us anger defensiveness etc covers over and is inspired by pain if you've noticed uh you being a human on planet earth uh, you may have noticed that when you get really angry about something if you hold it back it can fester, you can boil, you can seethe, you know, resentment builds, you kind of bite your lip and bite your tongue. If you don't hold it back, if you go into it, at the end of it, you sometimes weep. And you think, oh, why am I weeping? You know, like in this moment of like this wave of anger has broken. This is the proof of what I'm telling you. Every single one of you has had this experience. Now, it could be when you've been by yourself or it could be with another person, but cry, you don't, you don't get angry. Really let that wave come up and break and stay angry. Something resolves itself. When I was talking to my girlfriend, having that past life part talk, I was, I was angry. I wasn't yelling or anything. I was, I was actually really grounded and clear, but I was explaining why I was upset about something. And once that frustration was aired, then the softness was able to happen because there was a release of that energy through crying. You can, you can move energy, you know, to move emotion through your voice, through physical activity, through crying, right? You can do all those things. But the, one of the most, I mean, maybe the only truly effective way of moving anger energy is to go through it until you cry, to really let it happen until there's that release. So, again, giving Eris in the story the benefit of the doubt, why would she do that? Why would she respond with angry? Is it because she's a bitch? No, because she was hurt. She wasn't invited to the party. Everybody else was invited to the party. So, same thing with these terrorist groups. Now, why are they hurt? You have to go back to the end of World War I, and this is the secret. The end of the Ottoman Empire. The part of... The Ottoman Empire being on the losing side of World War I was that it was dismantled by the League of Nations, which essentially means Britain and France. 
And suddenly, all these people who have a shared cultural connection are split up. Oh, you? Uh, you're this country. Oh, you people? You're that country. Um, some of them became autonomous. The Republic, the Republic of Turkey was created during this 18, 1918 to 1922 process, but the, the treaty making everything official uh, was uh, in uh, August of 1920. Um, but the actual breaking up happened over this four-year period. So this the motivation of ISIL – I'm calling it ISIL, not ISIS, because when when I say ISIS, I want you to think of the the, the Egyptian mythology. <laughs> so ISIL, right, Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, which is like this is another part of it. Like, what is the Levant? Well, <laughs> go back and read about the the Ottoman Empire and how things were before Britain and France kind of divvied everything up on the back of cocktail napkins over drinks in order to. And here's the point. Um, capitalize on the spoils of war because of the incredible uh, natural resource wealth, as in oil, petroleum, of that part of the world. So France kind of colonized two countries. Britain kind of colonized two countries, and other ones became independent. And anyway, this whole thing was broken up. So one of ISIL's stated goals is to erase geopolitical boundaries – in that part of the world. Well, these boundaries were like, oh, well, you know, these countries have been there for however long, 80, 90, 100 years. But in fact, those are arbitrary, those are externally imposed, colonially imposed borders. Of course they want to destroy those borders and establish a caliphate. Of course they do. So they are hurt because of how things happened at the end of World War One, given that the Ottoman Empire, the, you know, at that time being dissolved. So that is the source of this terrorism. So Al-Qaeda is kind of like, you know, for, for a number of years we learned about them. We, we learned about all they're doing. They're the apex of all this stuff, right? And they're awful. And, for, you know, really, most of us couldn't have imagined anything worse than what Al-Qaeda was doing. And then we have ISIL. And it's brutal, and it's intentionally over the top brutal. Intentionally. They are an evolution of the thread and the impulse, the impetus that creates groups like this. They are the evolution of it. So what I'm offering you to understand more about terrorism, contemporary terrorism as it comes out of Islamic extremism in the Middle East today is to look at what happened in that part of the world that is not in you know, 1918, 1922, that is now only just ripening. Eris's impact takes a long time to ripen. Pluto's does too, but Eris's orbital period is over twice as long. It's not twice as far from the sun because it's an elliptical orbit, but um, it's not uniformly twice as far out as Pluto. But its number of years around the, that it takes to go around the sun is 558 years is the current thing according to, to Sedgwick on Saturday. That it changes as people crunch data over time. So I it used to be we were told it was 557 year orbit. Now it's 558. Um, so these processes take a long time to unfold. Well, here we have Eris and Aries full time since late like October of 1926. Eris and Aries. Most people will say, most astrologers I think may tend to say it is not personally relevant because every, almost everybody alive on the planet has this in Aries. 
So as this book will describe, this book and process that I'm completely jazzed about finally being able to finish, um, it will demonstrate this archetypal process and help you understand how to work through this as well as the collective connection Right, the connection to collective issues that individuals experiencing the triggering of insecurities that can create strife, competition, and chaos, like how that works. But, um, cult, you know, it takes that long for things to blossom. And at the end of World War One, Eris was at the end of Pisces. In 1922, for a few weeks, it steps into Aries and then stations and retrogrades back into Pisces. 1923, it's like six or eight weeks, goes into Aries and then retrogrades back again into Pisces. Same in 24 and 25, and on October of 1926, it's full-time in Aries. So we're talking about the Ottoman Empire has to dissolve as Eris dances around the anoretic degree of Pisces before a new beginning with Eris into Aries. And of course, we don't have that story in our collective consciousness in 1918, 1922. But now we can go back and look and understand this thing about strife, chaos, competition for resources, all of this stuff. So regarding the stuff that's been happening in Paris, this national group must mourn this. The government and other Western governments who perceive that they are or will be or could be targets of such behavior, such, uh, you know, terrorist acts by Islamic extremists, um, they will focus on the security question. They will focus on more surveillance. They will focus on technology and policy to attempt to protect and defend and perhaps get back at these people. Whoever, you know, I mean, the two individual gunmen have, have been have been killed, but like these kinds of people, this is bringing up, you know, this whole thing is bringing up more about the conversation in France and also different Western countries, but a lot in France because of the really um, noticeable growth over the last, I don't know, it's 50 years, if I'm remembering correctly, going from like a, a you know, up to nine or 10 percent of the country being Muslim from like, you know, one or two or three percent. Like that's quite a lot of growth, you know, of a of a minority population. So there is this sense of the other and what it means to have that other integrated into society on all different levels that is being stirred by this. Because again, it is not Muslims that are the problem. If you talk to a real Muslim, they will not be doing this, planning it, supporting it wanting it, talking it. This is not what Islam is about. So the world, through stuff like this, Al-Qaeda, ISIL, this kind of crap, the world is being challenged to get to know the other. The Western world is being invited through this strife, chaos, violence, this lashing out to get to know the other. Will we do it? Or are we only going to Focus on how afraid we perhaps should be of of those who adhere to Islam, those who follow Islam. So I, I literally have five million more things to say about this, and that's why it's going to be a book or it's becoming a book. <laughs> so um, yeah, this is a big deal. This is a really big deal, not because 
you and your Western country might not be safe. That's not why. <laughs> it's a big deal because this is a global issue dealing with the other. The, ma- the main – the two things that define post-postmodern post life and our spiritual development and our struggle to go from the Piscean Age into the Aquarian Age in which we're like on the fence, we're like in process to decouple from – um, hierarchical garbage that we don't choose into hierarchies and societies that we do choose, Aquarian age sensibility. The two things that are loudest are gender inequality and racism. And here, talking about stuff, you know, the Middle East and the West, it's a form of racism. It may be technically bigotry, maybe ra- whatever it is. But these are the two main issues. And so these are not going away. This is not going away. So I want you to get grounded. Again, go to my site, get the free MP3, 13-minute MP3 on my site, and uh, check out the uh, intuitive skills development course where I'll teach you and your guides will through meditation, energy work, and hundreds of tools and tips and tricks over 10 weeks to clean up your life, understand your history, and become a more conscious operator of yourself to create the world you want to live in, personally and collectively. When we strip away our fears about what may happen and who that other person may turn out to be and how that person may not love us or accept us, every single one of us wants to be a dynamic agent of change, bringing the force of positivity and love to the world. This is not Sagittarius smoke blowing up your ass. This is actual truth. When we strip away all that stuff, we want to help other people. So this course and everything else I do is designed to help you with that. So check out what I'm up to at tdjacobs.com. Thank you so much for joining me. Next week, taking caller questions as I spell out Pluto and Uranus squares in your natal houses. So join me live for that next week and uh, definitely call in live. Be in touch with questions. Thanks for joining me. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology and soul, inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.